Hey, hi, I'm Bonnie. Welcome to this podcast, Make Joy Normal, where we chat about homeschooling and family life. With my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, we address your questions and topics in a way that can create more joy in our lives. Please submit any questions you have by email or voice message in the links in the show notes. If you found this episode valuable, please share it with a friend, like, or leave us a review. That's how we get the word out. Thanks for trying to make joy normal in your own life. Uh, good afternoon to my listeners. Good afternoon, Elizabeth. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. Well, you know, it's been a tough year, but we're 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 marching through one step at a time. And uh, our daughter is home, and she's getting better, and um, it's going to be a long recovery. So, continued prayers from all our listeners uh, would be very, very gratefully received. And and you just told me just before we went on air, you just told me that I haven't talked to you since we got back from the Holy Land. So it's like, right? Wow. Okay. If you want to know about it. Um, Elizabeth, I interviewed the priest that was with us as our chaplain and he's so fun. Like he is so, he's such a cool guy and he was so, um, kind of filled with the Holy spirit. Like he's just one of those, he's an amazing guy. So it, it, and we, we talk a lot about the trip on that, but then of course, you know, we've been really sad because it was 10 days after we got home that, uh, that the war broke out. Right. So we felt yeah. incredibly blessed because we only decided to go to the Holy Land five days before the trip left. Yeah. And then it, everything shut down. And so we feel really, really fortunate, but really, really sad, of course, that all those places we visited are now war torn because we were making plans like, oh, we have to come back and like spend more time in Egypt and, you know, things like that, which would have been really cool. But, you know, who knows how long it'll be until things are are back in action. On that note, because this is going to come out, uh, it'll be come out Saturday. So it'll be still in the first week of Advent. The place that we stayed in Magdala. So we stayed right on the Sea of Galilee in Magdala, where Mary Magdalene is from. And it's like, a, it's run by an order. I think the, um, I can't remember what order runs it. It's like sort of the Magdala Tourist Center. And so it's a hotel, but it's not like, it's very simple. Nothing's fancy. It has ruins around it. Uh, it has a beautiful church that sits right out on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. So and the, and the behind the altar is glass. And so you're looking out onto the Sea of Galilee um, during mass. And the, the church is dedicated to the women who supported Christ's ministry. This organization is doing an Advent series because everything in at the Holy in Holy Land is empty. So they're taking you to the places of the Holy Land each Sunday in Advent and they're doing a short episode. And so we watched yesterday's and it was really beautiful. So I would highly recommend it. So it's uh, I'll put it I'll put link to it in the show notes. But it's called, uh, I can't remember, something Star of the Sea or something like that. And it's it's really, really beautiful and highly recommended. So, and, and really a, sh- a low commitment, right? And they're saying, you know, everybody gather your family around, light your advent candle, watch this episode, and we'll take you to the places where Jesus Wow. Went. Yeah, I'll have to check that yeah. out. I'll do it with the kids. Yes, I think so. They would love right. it. Yeah. And and it's just so, it's very sort of, they're just doing it. They're just like, okay, we're just doing this right. thing, right? So, yeah. Well, I, I've, I think yeah. we've talked about this in, in the past where... Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. You would take off the month of December with your kids mm-hmm. growing up, right? Yeah. yeah. So, well, there's so much other homeschooling going on, right. right? Well, and so we've started yeah. adopting that. And I think 
So we're on our break right now. Now I'm still doing some spelling help with my oldest and my seven-year-old is still working on learning to read. So, and, you know, of course we're doing, you know, religion stuff because it's Advent, you know? Of course. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much that happens and it's nice to just kind of give yourself over to that. Right. right? Well, and there's such peace to not having to, okay, get out the next book. Let's do the next thing. You know, let's sit down. We've got to get this done because we want to stay on task. And I was getting so stressed out and I realized I wasn't spending time, like time with my kids. We weren't doing read aloud Mm -hmm. separate from school. We weren't, you know, spending good time together. And I started to notice behavior changes. Like I think we've talked before in past episodes about the five love languages of children. Mm -hmm. And I started, it's great. And so I'm rereading it now because I started to notice, okay, I'm not meeting some of my kids need like their love languages were filling their cups appropriately. And so now ever since we've slowed down and we're really just, you know, accepting this calm before Christmas. And I just recommend it to everybody. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's such an, it just, I don't know. We just get so much sort of release from it. Right. We can enjoy the cookie bake. It's like, Oh my gosh, I have to bake cookies now. You know, it's not like that. Right. No, this is our, this is our, uh, you know, what we're doing today. Right. We're going to spend the next two days baking our cookies. Right. And, and what a beautiful thing to be able to enter into that with your kids. Right. Um, I'm going to mention while we're just because we're on the topic and it's Advent, um, some good books for Advent. You probably have some too before we get into our question. But uh, we love the, the um, Tommy DePaola has a book called The Legend of the Poinsettia, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really beautiful. It's set in Mexico. It's really beautiful. And I think, did he has Our Lady of Guadalupe as well? Doesn't I he? think so. I think he has already one. Three Lupe. Wise Men is really good too. And that one's a shorter oh, I don't know one. That. You know, because oh, usually okay. his books, they've got like paragraphs each page. Yeah. Yeah. It, all beautiful, of course. Um, but we have the three, is it the Three Wise Kings? I want to say is the title. Okay. And it's, it's kind of like a short, it's really good for like smaller kids. Other one that he uh, is a beautiful book. It's not directly about Christmas, but it's um, uh, the clown of God, which I think is a fav- family favorite of yours too. Isn't it clown of God uh, where the baby, but it's about the baby Jesus. And it's really, really beautiful. There's also the tale of the three trees, which is not directly about Christmas either, but a beautiful sort of story of, of um, faith. We have read a child's Christmas in Wales, which is really beautiful. Uh, Yeah, Gift of the Magi, if you can find a lovely um, illustrated copy of it, that's a nice, that's a nice option. But there's also, I am now, why can't I remember? Oh, A a Christmas Carol. There are many really beautiful illustrated versions of that. And it's not a long novel, right? It's sort of four staves, four chapters. I read it almost every year. And I would say if you read it for 15, 20 minutes a night, it would take you a couple of weeks to read it. So it's not a long novel. And there are many really beautiful illustrated copies. I collect copies of it. So I've got seven uh, really nice copies of A Christmas Carol. So I have to, that's my big decision every year. Which, which one am I going to use? So any other sort of storybooks or books that really stand out to you? Yes, I collect nice. Christmas books. Um so my absolute favorite one, though, is called Humphrey's First okay. Christmas. 
Um, I can't remember the author or the illustrator, but it is about a selfish camel. Okay. Who the whole he's trying to get his carpet blanket back. Right. And so it's you know he's just complaining and and then he doesn't realize that he the wise men are going to bring gifts to baby Jesus. And uh, so once the baby Jesus, he realizes he's not so special. Jesus is. So, right. <laughs> um, so that is actually my favorite. The illustrations are just beautiful and like, and then the, I think it's called the saints who saved Christmas is one that we got new last year. That's really okay. nice. Um, and then, uh, is it Santa's favorite story? So it's Santa Claus, um, telling the actual story of Christmas. So the birth oh, of Jesus. beautiful. So those are some of our favorites. I like anything Jan Brett though. She has a lot, a lot of Christmas stories. So they're so beautifully illustrated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that should keep people going for a while. Yeah. <laughs> if we have time at the end, we should share our favorite Christmas movie as well. Oh my gosh. I I mean, just before we go on, I have an, a whole Excel calendar spreadsheet of what Christmas movies I'm watching on what night. I start That's on really, Thanksgiving you might need and to I go that with us. Yeah. I should. <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. Okay, so we had a question submitted. This goes back a little while. Um mm-hmm. So we will, let me see, I'm going to pull it up, but I'll let you read it. And yeah, it's going back a little while. So I apologize for the lateness of reply, but let's give it our best shot. All right. Um, I'll go ahead and just read it as it's written. Sure. And then um, this year, my oldest is 14. She is taking a biology class and essay writing class at our local parish. On top of that, she has her other studies. She has given quite a bit of homework for these classes. Uh, and the example is biology. She has to take chapter notes each week, vocabulary quizzes, um, then every so often unit exams. How much homework is too much? I signed her up for these classes because she really wanted to do them, but she literally has to do homework six to seven days a week to keep up. Is, is this normal? Um, this doesn't seem to be the way I envisioned high school homeschool. Let me know what you think. She wants to go to college, so we want her to be prepared. And she's guessing college will have a lot of. Yeah. Yes. And yet a child is older then. Right. So I think we have to bear that in mind. Of course, college is going to be more work, but they're also older and presumably, you know, the preparation has come slowly. So between, you know, 14 and 18, a lot of development happens. So I think that that's important to bear in mind. Kind of the thing that was going through my head, I'm not sure what, uh, you know, what your thoughts are, but what, the, what questions come up for you, but certainly share them if, uh, if some come up. The first question that I would ask is how does she feel about it, right? How does she, how is she managing it? Like, is, is she feeling like it's too much work? Is she feeling pressured by it? Is she feeling like, like she can't keep up or that it's too difficult or is she actually enjoying the workload? Cause some kids will, some kids would appreciate the challenge. Uh, so that's going to be very kid dependent, you know, and even if she's saying, no, I really, really enjoy it. Are you noticing that she seems stressed or agitated or snappy or is there indicators for the mom that would 
sort of be telling that there's too much going on, right? Too much going on in her life. Is she, does she have time to socialize? Does she have time to pursue some of her interests, right? Or do these things that are academic fall into her interests and she's appreciating that, right? So I think that that's a really important question to ask when, when we're concerned, is our child doing too much or is it not how I anticipate? Do any questions sort of come up for you? Not questions, but just thoughts on this topic in general. So I, we okay. can get to that later if you have more. Okay, sure. So then I think that the next most important question is how are you feeling about it? Is this working for you, the individual? Is is it working for our family? You know, she made a comment that, that you know, it wasn't really my vision of, of homeschooling high school. Well, I, I know a lot of people... In British Columbia, the way it works is if you, there's two streams, you can either be sort of connected to a school and do exams and get your graduation certificate, or the, which is what we do, you, you're not connected to a school, you don't have to do exams, you're free to do what you want, but you also don't get a graduation certificate. So I write a transcript. But essentially, what it's all come down to over the last few years, as this has sort of changed and morphed for homeschoolers, is that almost everybody who wants their kid to get the the graduation certificate, they're doing all of their classes online. They might have one day a week where they actually go and do classes, but they're primarily doing all their classes online. And so for most parents, a lot are leaving that now. Okay, I wasn't really confident to to do uh, homeschooling without high school, without, uh, without some guidance or without them getting a graduation certificate. But I also really hate that they're spending three or four years of their life staring at a computer screen doing their schooling, and it's not what I want for our family, right? And that's fair. That's a really fair point. So is is there a way of blending that? Is there a way of doing that? Is there a way of making it fit into your family? Well, in BC, if you want your graduation certificate, no, there's not really much of a way to do that. I mean, you're still going to be predominantly online uh, and submitting everything online and all of that. And it's not going to leave much time for home life. So if she's finding the same thing, you know, I don't, my daughter's not really part of the family and I really, really want her to be part of the family and part of our education. Then I think you need to make that decision. Okay. Here's, here's the big rocks that I need to put in first. I want to make sure our family spends time reading together every day and having dinner together or whatever it is that that's going to be your connection points for your teenagers that we need to put those big rocks in first. So say that's what it is. And I, it's not for me to determine what somebody else's big rocks are, but, uh, but say the big rock is say, say the big rocks are determined that I want to make sure that we read together every day. Uh, and I want to make sure that we eat dinner together, together every day. And I want to make sure we say prayers together every day. Maybe those are the big rocks and whatever else happens in our life, those things have to go in first and everything else has to fit in around the big rocks. Have I told you the story about the big rocks? Is that something that, is that something we've ever discussed? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, for the benefit of the readers. Yeah. The, I, I've used this analogy um, in talks that I've given as well, because it was so effective, but this, this uh, woman was giving a talk and she had a, a glass jar and she was talking about sort of the big rocks, the really, really important things in our life. And then all the, you know, myriad details of our life that have to happen, you know, getting the dishes done, getting the laundry done, getting the math done, getting the whatever, whatever. If you don't put the big rocks in first, if you put all the little things in first, getting the math done, getting the laundry done, getting the, everything, there's hundreds of those things. If you put the little rocks in first, 
the big rocks don't fit in. They stick out the top of the jar, right? But if you put the big rocks in first, the little rocks just trickle down around the big rocks. It just works. It just works because you've got your priorities straight, really. And at the end of the talk, she said, and there's usually room for a glass of wine. (laughs) She pours in a glass of wine (laughs) into the top of the rocks. For many of us, and you hear me talk about assessment all the time, but assessment's so important. We don't, if somebody said, well, what are the most important things? We'd be a bit baffled by the question. Okay, so what is the most important thing? Say if you had to pick two or three or four of the most important things in your life, what are they? So I would say, she said uh, in the in the um, text or email, this is not fitting my vision of what homeschooling would look like for teens. Now, when we have our first team, we don't necessarily know how that's going to look, look, and we might have to adapt a little bit to to make sure that things work the way we want them to work and still meet the needs of the teenagers. Say, for example driving them places. They don't have a driver's license yet, but they still want to socialize and you want them to socialize in a healthy um, environment and you want them to have friends because those are the friends they will probably go to college with and things like that. It's important to allow them social life beyond your family. You may have to adapt because that might be, that might come as a surprise for some people, right? So what was your vision? And your vision shouldn't be based as like, okay, well, all, we're all going to sit around. The vision shouldn't be based on what we're doing currently. The vision should be based on what are the most important things that we need to accomplish in life? What matters the most to us, to me and my husband, for our family? And then when you've decided that, then it will give you a much clearer picture of, okay, what do we do now? Is this co-op going to fit in, right? Are there other options available? What are the benefits of it? What are the drawbacks of it? Sit down and and make those lists. Okay, what are the, sit down with the daughter, right? Are, are you gaining from this? Is this, yeah, and she might say, yes, I love it. I really, really, really want to do it. Um, it's exactly working for me, even though it's extra work and all of that. Well, okay, this is working then. So how do we, fit that into our family life. Or maybe it's a matter of finding this, this is not working for our family life. So let's find some other co-op or let's start a co-op. Maybe it's smaller, maybe it's less demanding, maybe it's a better option for your family. So, so those are just sort of some thoughts, like be really clear about what it is you want. uh, But ask the questions that are important to ask of your daughter and of yourself. I don't know if you want to keep on this topic. I did have a question for you um, that kind of goes in line with parts of the question that our listeners sent in. Sure. Um, Cause she was sharing about all the homework and the quizzes and exams. And this is something I've been struggling with, um, with my, now my oldest is only 12 and you know, right. um, they just go down younger from there, but, um, and we don't follow a particular curriculum. We're not enrolled in any of the homeschooling um, online things. Uh, right. But even still, the books will have quizzes or tests. And um, for example, um, we are using a book called Voyages in English. Right. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay. I really like it. And at the end of each, cha- so we have like, you know, the uh, chapter on pronouns, adjectives. And at the end of each of those chapters, there's a paragraph where you answer the questions, you know, um, in sentence two, what is the noun? And, you know, and it right. kind of goes like that. It's great. It's good practice. And here I am. I, you know, I went through schooling 
I'm going through this book with the kids and I even have to go back and look yeah. because I can't keep all of it. You're, you're basically fire hosing your children with all this information from all these different right. subjects. And we're yeah. expecting them to be able to quiz, um, I, you know, perfectly. And it just doesn't like how often in conversation does somebody ask you, what was the noun in the sentence I just spoke? <laughs> well, the thing is in those quizzes, you can also just make that very sort of informal and just yeah. talk about the questions, right? Yeah. Hey, you know, do you remember which one is the noun? I don't actually remember. Let's go look it up, you know, and make it sort of informal. So it's still, if you want to do them to kind of see how much they're retaining or whatever, if you feel not necessary, uh, that's one way of doing it without it being sort of a big heavy, like, okay, everybody, it's time for the quiz, get out your right. pencil paper. Um, but like, I didn't really start doing sort of quiz or chapter reviews and things like that until my kids reached high school and they wanted to get like a mark for a transcript. Right. Okay. Then it was, then it became more significant because if they want a transcript, then that's going to be somehow you have to decide on a mark and sort of those quizzes and tests are the easiest way to do that. If I had a kid who was wiggy wiggy about that, I wouldn't bother. Okay. Right. You With know, I, I just, I think it'll come, right. It'll come. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, it, it's not going to be the hill, but I'm going to die on for sure. Well, and I, I, I guess to that, um, the older they get, the easier it is for them to comprehend what is expected of them on a test or a quiz, right? Yeah, exactly. And you still may need to coach them, right? Mm -hmm. Which is fine. I mean, even at 16 or 17, if you're still coaching, like, okay, let's read this question because these are phrased in such a way that they're maybe a little bit hard to understand. So let's let's co you know coach them through it. Don't think, okay, you have to sit there and do that quiz and no coaching. We're homeschooling. We can coach them, right? Yeah, right. And eventually they'll grab it. Oh, okay, I get it. This is what's supposed to happen here. Mm -hmm. Or I have to figure out what's supposed to happen here. It's not, you know, we did a lot of coaching and it didn't uh, make it impossible for us, our kids to write exams at, you know, college or university. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because, you know, we've talked before about how, you know, I, like I went to school and so I still in the back of my mind have the, you know, the 8 to 3 p.m. work, you know, school day in my yeah. head. And when we're done by noon and haven't done tests or quizzes, there's that part of me that is like, are you really doing, you know, your children right. a service or, <laughs> you know. Um, you so, also don't have 30 kids in your classroom. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although sometimes it feels like that many. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. Life can get busy, right? Five yeah. can feel like 30, especially when most are boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, my husband, we love our boys so much. Uh, but we do yeah. also wonder what it's like when the girls are the older ones in families, because th those are the families that seem very put together. Yeah. You know, the, the families where the boys are the oldest, I mean, we're a mess all the time and it's great fun and we love it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. 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 It's definitely a different, definitely a different vibe. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you have to just kind of go with it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Your pictures you posted recently were beautiful by the way. Oh, thank you. They were so nice. It was just, yeah, it was really precious. Thank you. It's, um, I, you're refer referring to our like family, like. Must, must look like they were 
professional photos yeah, or I had friends. Yeah, yeah. it was my sister's friend from vet school um, oh. offered to take photos and uh, so she did sweet. a great job. But I, you know, yeah. to any listeners out there, I recommend if you're going to do that, don't sweat it. Let your kids' personalities shine through. Don't yeah. make them stand still or do, you know, like some of my yeah. favorite pictures are the ones where they're just like, like my nine-year-old loves to just, if you've read Calvin and Hobbes, he right. loves to bring forth Calvin in his personality. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just anyway. It's just okay, right? It's just okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it makes such a difference. We've We've gone to the expense of getting family photos done like probably every five to seven years all through our married years. And I'm so grateful. And I mean, it's easier now because everything's digital. So it's less expensive, right? And you just pick the couple that you want and frame them or whatever. Back in the day, it wasn't like that. You know, you'd buy a photography package and it was, it was pricey. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's really nice to be able to just sort of have those digital photos, but I don't think it's something um, you'd ever, you ever regret. Cause I'm so, I'm so grateful that we did that over the years. Yes. Yeah. So let's end off with top three Christmas movies. I know this is going to be hard for you, Elizabeth. It's it's very, very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You first or me? You go first. Okay. Um, I would say my favorite would be It's a Wonderful Life, which I know probably sounds really cliche. Nope, that's my favorite one I just wrote down. <laughs> you just can't go wrong with that one. It's such a beautiful story. Um, yeah. And then I I love the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Um, that's, right. That's a, you know, a childhood favorite of mine that is carried through. Very cute. Um, yeah, very cute. And I, I love Elf <laughs> with Will Ferrell. Um, now I have lots of others, but those are the top three that come to mind. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So my number one favorite is It's a Wonderful Life as well. And then, uh, I really like the, I'm going to get the name wrong. Um, Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah. I really like both versions. Actually. I like the old one and the newer one. Uh, but I also really like While You Were Sleeping. Uh, and of course, the ones that we watch with our kids, you know, the Grinch and Charlie Brown and all of those. I love them. But in terms of just what I like uh, as a Christmas movie now, but Wonderful Life is always that's the one. If we don't if we only watch one movie, that's the one. <laughs> oh, that's great. Have you ever seen it happened on Fifth Avenue? No, I don't think so. That's a really good one. Um, and then Shop Around the Corner. That's uh, like yes. I love that one, too. Oh, so yes. good. Yes. So good. I'm going to write it down actually, because we often forget that one shop around the corner. It happened on fifth street, fifth Avenue, fifth Avenue. Okay. Yeah. And then there's also, um, the Bishop's wife, which is similar to, um, it's a wonderful life. Okay. That's Terry Grant. Oh, we'll have to watch that. Yeah. And I will tell you the, the one I the Christmas series I do not like at all. My family really likes it. Is Home Alone? Oh, <laughs> um, I really, really dislike it. And uh, I'm just not a slapstick kind of person. And and they're all just killing themselves laughing. Oh, we have to watch Home Alone. It's like seriously, guys. 
Yeah, I I do like the Home Alone movies. Yeah, and they're very popular. It's just I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> let me let me clarify. I only like the first and second. I don't watch okay. thirds and fourths and nope. Okay, good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, should we wrap it up there? Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. This will probably come out on Saturday, so uh, I will uh, alert you. Well, you'll see it on Instagram. So. Yes. Okay, God bless. So nice to see you. You too.